Hey there, One Pride Nation. This is Zach. And Brendan. And we are Lion's Basement Banter. I know he does. That's why, <laughs> that's why I hate the guy's guts. I can't get the image of him. Yeah, I know. I know. Nodding just... his head in slow motion. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But um, if you ever pose a question like that to me again, I don't care if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. Tell you that. You are not a Swifty. I am a. What's up, everybody? On this episode, we'll touch on everything from our thoughts and reflections on the 23-24 season. We're going to start looking into free agency. We'll be looking mainly at the defense today. We're also going to talk about the state of the Lions going into the 24-25 season. We're also going to be talking with two guests today. We normally won't have two guests on this show. Sometimes we'll have one, sometimes we'll have two, but this is a very special time. So we definitely wanted to bring two people in and get their perspective on a couple of things. We've got one going to be talking about the Super Bowl. He's a Chiefs fan, so give him a little bit of leeway. And then we've also got somebody by the name of The Legend that will actually be giving us his perspective. He went to the watch party uh, for the NFC Championship. Um, he's going to give us our perspective on that as well as the season. He's also going to tell us what he thinks going into next season and if we're going to be back. It's time for State of the Lions, where we put our perspective on feelings on what's gone on in the organization. I think uh, we should probably start, Brendan, um, if you'll let me. Uh, you mean if I'll let you. <laughs> if you'll allow it. Uh, let's first talk about even though it's about two weeks old now, I think we talk about the Brad Holmes presser. Um, you want to kind of give your thoughts on the overall tone of that presser? Yeah, well, <clears throat> I just want to start off with, I mean, talking about the end of the presser, I think that was my favorite part of the entire thing, was just him, Brad Holmes, coming out and just absolutely wrecking the media. I thought it was <laughs> the funniest thing ever as someone who works in the media field. I think it's rare that you get called out for some kind of prediction or some kind of, you know, uh, criticism you had of a team, a coach, a player. It's rare that that team coach or player actually calls you out for something you said. So well, and and I mean, I, it's also kind of rare for, I mean, maybe not, but it's, it's vulnerable of him almost because it actually shows that he's seeing this stuff. You know, you always get like this. It's organic. You always get like these guys that, oh, I don't pay attention to the media. We don't see that kind of stuff, blah, blah, blah. And it, it just, it was refreshing, honestly, to me. Yeah, no, it, it was nice to see, like I said. I just love how he basically, it's just him standing up there saying, you're wrong and I know it <laughs> and you're going to own up to it or you're going to get out, basically. Right. So I thought, I thought that was hilarious to start. And then <clears throat> I wanted to just highlight a, uh, a little, a little bit of a quote that, that I pulled from it was him saying that every move we've made and every move we didn't make is to sustain what we have been yeah. building. Yep. And I thought that was huge, just coming from someone who was extremely, myself, I mean, extremely frustrated about the trade deadline and not getting a big-name guy oh, like sure. Montez Sweat yeah, or like Chase DPJ, Young. what are we doing, but... I mean, Michigan man, but what are we doing? <laughs> I always thought, you know, it's kind of, I thought we needed to make a move to make our team better talent-wise, but 
you know, I, I've just got to, I got to have more trust in Brad Holmes and, and, sure. and trust that he's, he knows the process and what's going to build this team the best long-term. I mean, and that's tough, honestly, because we're Lions fans, right? So we've seen all these GMs and all these coaches come through and, and, you know, I'm not taking away from the job itself because it's not something I can do. I realize that, but these guys are getting paid to do what they're doing. And we haven't seen somebody like the, the Brad and Dan. <coughs> Matt McMillan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just saying we, we haven't seen the, the Brad and Dan show um, in Detroit before. I, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't even know if we've seen it in Detroit as sports before. I mean, I'm not even talking the lions. I don't think we've had this good of a tandem in Detroit ever. No, I think this is probably the most competent front office I've ever I seen. I agree. I agree. And I mean, obviously shout out to the ownership and, you know, Sheila and everything they're doing. Like I, I, it's awesome. It's awesome to be a part of this, um, you know, to be a fan in, at this time for the Lions. So. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to say along with that, that quote that I just pulled was one of my other favorite things he said was, it's easy to win March, April, and May, which is winning headlines, he said. It's easy to do that kind of stuff. Meaning clicks, yep. You can pick the, the sexy picks in the draft, and yep. you can yep. sign the big free agents, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're building your team for success down the road. That's right. just doing something to satisfy the fans or satisfy the media, and that's not what this team is about right now. And with that, I do want to say kind of, um, <laughs> kind of to almost argue – a little bit about what you're saying there just I do I do agree with that um but and and we'll touch more on this on our our main event segment here um with free agents but I I disagree a little bit this year um I'm not saying we sell the farm I think you and I have talked about this I, I'm not saying we sell the farm but man if it was time for a sexy pick we're in the NFC championship we're one half away if it was time for a sexy pickup let's do it that's how I feel I'm yeah. talking edge rush, whatever. Well, the the you've got to be careful with that. Just I do agree. I think this year when we we'll we'll talk about this like you said in a little bit, but I think this year is the year that you make one splash signing in free agency. But in terms of draft picks, I just think you continue to do what you're doing. Fill the needs that you need, but sign one guy who's gonna be that marquee guy who's gonna give you Correct production and yep. just be that kind of blue chip player that you need. Yeah, I agree. And that's a, that's, that's kind of what I'm saying. You, you make one good signing and I, I'm, I don't know the, the draft, <laughs> if we can do what we've done in the last few drafts, I'm, maybe you don't even need it. I don't know. We'll, we'll see, but well, I he's, think, uh, he's trading out of the first round. Yeah. <laughs> another thing, another thing, this is the last thing I, I really pulled from that, from that press conference was at the end when he, or not at the end, Sorry, in the middle, before he started taking questions from the media, he kind of talked about, you know, his appreciation for the the players that they brought in this season. And he talked glowingly about C.J. Gardner-Johnson and Emmanuel Mosley. And to me, that uh, a little a little preview of, of what I'm going to talk about later. Um, I think that kind of made me feel that he's high on those guys and that he's going to do what he needs to do to bring them back if the price is right. Yeah. And, and it kind of show, I mean, so obviously we're kind of involved in a lot of the, the, you know, acts formerly known as Twitter We're we're involved in Facebook. We've seen all the things, right. We see everything that's going on, but you don't see as much behind the scenes. Like we're, we're watching these guys and we see Emmanuel Mosley go out there and get absolutely 
you know, shreds his other leg, <laughs> you know, on the first game he's back. Um, you know, you see uh, CJ uh, waving to the fans at halftime. And this is the kind of thing, like you're saying, this is the sexy stuff. This is the stuff you're going to see on TV. What Brad and Dan and the rest of the coaching staff are seeing are things that we're not seeing behind the scenes. And so it's, it's easy for even me to sit here and say, I, I'm ready to get rid of somebody. And again, that's, you know, leading into something, but I, I just, <laughs> I just, uh, I, I understand where he's coming from. I just don't see where he's coming from. Cause I don't see it. Well, so. I, and I know, I know you don't feel unless you've changed your mind in recent days. I know you don't that feel happens, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know you don't feel all that great about, about CJ and, and I don't, the fact that he was waving to the fans at halftime. I, I understand how that, yes, it's, it's kind of, it's ridiculous to look back and see somebody being that angry. But also, you've got you've to gotta love the confidence and the fire in him to not care and to know what he's capable of and what this team is capable of and that he had ultimate faith in them to close that out. Exactly. Yeah, I get that. I get that. And, I mean, obviously, you and I both know as brothers that we were kind of brought up with the idea of Barry Sanders. Act like you've been there before. The dude never spiked the ball. He never did any dances in the end zone. He acted like he, he's been there. CJ's been there. He was literally in that same game last year. You might, I mean, you might have been brought up. <laughs> I, I have always loved the, to a certain extent, the guys who are Hot dogs. confident and showboat. I loved, <laughs> I loved Johnny Manziel when he oh, was gosh. at AM. I loved Baker Mayfield when he ran out on the field with that Oklahoma flag and Hold on. Let, let me tell you what I, I I love Baker Mayfield for one thing, and that is his comment about Derek Barnes. I, I when he said that the last throw he threw was in Detroit to Derek Barnes, I uh, I instantly liked him. So well, I moved to, to that a little bit. I've always had a I've always had a, 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 a you know a, a little bit of a a love for Baker. I, I mean, I bought a Browns jersey. Who who does that? <laughs> I bought a Browns Not jersey <laughs> when they made the playoffs that year just because he's awesome. I just, I think he's hilarious. Every time I think about him, I think about the the flag planting in college, but then that moment on the sidelines where he's like running up and down, looking eyeball on the other sideline and grabbing at his crotch and that, I think it's just hilarious. You messed up, man. <laughs> I think it's time to move on from yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> Enough crotch talk, but yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I just want to ask you one question and then we'll close this out a little bit. I'm actually going to close with two clips, um, but I, I want to ask you a question and you haven't seen this question, I don't think, unless you have some magic here, but um, with the with the talks of Brad Holmes and we talked about Dan Campbell a little bit, do you, at this point, um, do you think do you think that it's a package deal? Do you think that Dan Campbell goes the way of Brad Holmes and Brad Holmes goes the way of Dan Campbell? Do you think that, you know, you've got, you've got offensive defensive coordinators moving around. You've got off, you've got coach, head coaches going all over the place. Do you think those two go hand in hand, no matter what, which, whichever way it is? So what you're asking is uh, they essentially operate as one mind. Is, is what, I, what I'm saying is no. Um, what I'm saying is, and this is obviously everything's hypothetical and that's kind of what this is for. It's just kind of for a fun thing. But do you think if something happened, obviously these two love the city. I'm not saying that, but if something happened where a Kansas city complete dynasty, we're going to say that unfortunately a complete dynasty goes out and all of a sudden they've got Brad Holmes and he's at the end of his contract here and he goes, do you think he brings Dan Campbell no matter what? 
Do you think there's a situation in which one of those guys exists in Detroit without the other? Yeah, I, I absolutely do. I think in my in my personal opinion, and I'm not even letting myself go there because that's that's a little bit of right. I know it's just hypothetical. It's just I know you you think about that though. You're gonna get you you ask those kind of questions, and unfortunately, with this fan base, you're gonna get thrown in that same love it. Let's do it. Category. Let's go. Let's go. But uh, essentially, what what I think is. I think they they operate like I said they operate on the same wavelength yep. and even if one of them isn't uh makes has an idea for a move that maybe the other one doesn't that the other guy who maybe didn't think about that move has full confidence in the other guy right. that he knows what he's doing right. and that what he's doing is going to be the for the betterment of the team if it were to come down to it a few years down the road cuz let's be honest at this point with what Dan Campbell's done he's not leaving here until the yeah. end of that 6th year He's not um, leaving here after that, I don't think. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think he's going anywhere after that. He's had too much success in a short period of time. Yeah. Um, but but the it, wheels would have to completely. Fall. Yeah, yeah. If if we were to get to that point later on, I I ultimately think you would see Dan Campbell get axed if they were having trouble, and uh, Brad Holmes would stay because Brad Holmes has been the engine that makes this team run, and that front office has been absolutely. Incredible with their scouting and with picks that they've made and getting ultimate value out of guys that maybe people didn't know of or didn't yeah, think practice of. squad guys. I mean, yeah. So I don't know. Is there is there a situation where one exists without the other on the Lions? Yes, but I don't think we're looking. I don't think we want to see that, that right hypothetical. Now. Yeah. For a long no, time. totally. And and so this is kind of why I asked this. I'm just I'm gonna hopefully save my 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 hide here with the same old Lions situation you said but the reason I ask is because you look around the league and I don't think again I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing but I don't think there's a tandem out there that works as well together as these two I just I just don't I don't think I don't think there is I don't yeah I, I think you're right I, I was they're thinking, one mind I was essentially one mind they're tandem you're right they 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 just walk step step for step with yep. each other I was I was obviously going to say this guys that kind of are great in the front office despite what they have at coach sometimes like right, Philadelphia exactly. Howie yep. Roseman has been an absolute You stunt. don't think Sirianni's a, a badass? <laughs> Sirianni <laughs> looks like he just got off a Can I tell you 3 something? month bender of Can I tell you something? Sirianni thinks he's a badass. I know he does. That's why I, <laughs> that's why I hate the guys. Right. They can't get the image of him. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Nodding just... his head in slow motion. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. But um if you ever pose a question like that to me again, I don't care if you have one ass cheek and three toes, I will beat your ass. <laughs> okay. Well, there we go with that. Uh, <laughs> and so we'll close out with um, uh, two clips from this actual presser. Uh, one of them being the don't get spooked uh, portion, which you kind of alluded to a little bit and not in those words. Um, but another, and I'm not going to really touch on that. I'm just going to play it for, for everybody. But, you know, just, just, Talking to the fans, I just want them to know that, you know, over the next few months, you know, don't get spooked this spring by speculation or negative talk or, you know, the, the entertainment news feed. Don't get spooked by that to not think that we can't build and sustain what we've been building. All right. 
don't get spooked by by that. And I, I, I totally get it. The next few months, it's a lot of speculation and it's a lot of opinions and people don't know what's going to happen. But, you know, I just hope that um, but they know that every year we have not led them astray. Dan and myself, um, we've been very upfront and straight with everybody and say, look, again, every move is intentional. Every move that we make, again, every move we do not make is intentional. Um, the other one that I kind of wanted to just touch on real quick is the everyone can't play here. Look, the reality is this. Look, everyone, everyone can't play here. All right. Everyone can't play for the Detroit Lions. Like Detroit is not, Detroit's not a huge marketplace. And I, I think they're going to be now. I think they're going to be a, a larger marketplace, and I think people are going to want to come here. And I love him sitting there saying, "Not everyone's going to play for us." Like you're like you should have wanted to before. Essentially, I think it's funny that just because in the past, before before Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell, it was kind of as a Lions fan, you're like hoping and praying that every top player in free agency or the draft gets you know comes gives to you Detroit, a look. Yeah, comes even thinks about it, and now it's like. Get out of here. <laughs> we're like, we're too good for you. Like, That's what we, I'm saying. I love it, man. You. I got chills when you said that. I, I mean, I know there was like undertones and stuff, but I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. All right. So um, moving on. Wow. Okay. Every time I see a clip of, of Brad Holmes doing anything Lions involved, it just gives me chills. And whether he's, you know, high-fiving fans down the sidelines or yelling in elevators every day takes a, another step towards becoming a legend in my eyes. Uh, speaking <laughs> yeah. of legends, it kind of brings us into our, our next segment here. We're, uh, we're going to talk on some Lions legends. We're going to highlight some former Lions players or an organ- organizational piece that in some way is tied to the Lions and just kind of reminisce about yeah. the old days and a bit of the same old Lions, where we've been and where we are now. Yeah, and so honestly, like in order to choose this one, um, it's an it's an unfortunate thing on on how I chose this one. Uh, Dre Greenlaw, uh, he wasn't a lion. Yeah, well, he did the same thing a lion did essentially. Uh, we saw our last glimpses of Dre Greenlaw besides the, uh, besides getting carted off was him running onto the field in excitement in the Super Bowl um, and ultimately tearing his Achilles tendon. Uh, I remember somebody doing something similar to that, and his name was <laughs> Stephen Tullock in 2014. Stephen Tullock pulling out the Ray Lewis celebration. <laughs> pulling it out, but not pulling it off. Uh, <laughs> he pulled something out, but it was a tendon or something. It was an ACL, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so he did that September 21, 2014, of, uh, you know, during the Green Bay game. That was the third game of the season. So um, the reason I bring him up, though, the reason he's a perfect one for this, besides the obvious awesome segue um, at – Greenlaw's expense here. I want to kind of ask you, I want to go over a couple of stats that he had in that year and then leading and leading up to that year. And I just want to see what you think. Okay. The year before. So in 2013 ends with 93 tackles, three and a half sacks. Okay. A pretty, uh, pretty standard year for linebacker. Standard year. Yep. Yep. That year though, this year we're talking 2014. We're talking third. We're in the third game of the season. 20 tackles, two sacks in just over two games. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty good numbers for a, for an inside linebacker. I mean, you don't you don't see them 
obviously, usually you're going to look at your inside linebacker and they're probably going to be your defensive Possibly on his way to a major year. But, yeah, going going three sacks, you said, was it two sacks? Two sacks sacks. through the first two games. I mean, obviously, that's averaging 10 tackles in a sack a game. And who knows what clip he would have continued that. So here, maybe not, maybe nothing. But here's what I want to throw out there. And, again, we're reminiscing, guys. So, I mean, it's going to be – you know, you can't look back on the what ifs or whatever, but this is literally what this is about. So, so bear with us here. But the Lions end second in the division that year at eleven and five. They're one game behind Green Bay in the division. Okay, okay. they end up they they end up at in a wild card against the Cowboys, and we all know how, the BS that that ended in. We all remember that. Is he the missing piece that gets them possibly into the Super Bowl in that year? You don't think so? No. What did you say? That's is that the year that the the face guard with the Cowboys twenty four twenty loss? Uh, I think it was like a last couple second touchdown or something from from Romo. Yeah, but that was the year that we got screwed by the refs. <laughs> I mean, give us any year, but yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. I, I okay. Okay. I think. You don't think through. You don't think if he's healthy all season, he stays at that clip. You don't think that that's the difference no, on that defense. No, because that defense was incredible, no matter which way they you were. sliced it. Uh, Stephen Tullock was a great player, but Stephen Tullock wasn't the Super Bowl missing piece. Okay, I, I, I'll be honest. Do you uh, think they go farther? No, because if I if I play that game, if I play that that Dallas game out the same way mm-hmm. with. Steven Tullett, you said we were the two seed that year? No, we were a wild card. Oh, a wild card. That's that's my argument. Uh, Is it possible maybe, we beat maybe, but we are one game behind Green Bay? I don't know. I don't know. I can't I can't say for sure. I, I'm just gonna say based off let's say Tullett plays and we end up with the same seed, whatever. He had an amazing year, but we ended up with the same seed. He's Tull- not he's Tullett's not, not gonna do anything. He's not in coverage on that guy anymore. Yeah, Tullett's not gonna do anything in that in that game yeah. that's gonna affect the outcome. That was all if I remember right, it was Brandon Pettigrew who was going up for a pass, and then we had the linebacker get right up in his face and face guard, which was an obvious penalty at that time. I mean, Stephen Tolick isn't out there catching passes. Stephen Tolick isn't out there throwing the ball. Stephen Tolick Brandon Pettigrew wasn't either. Stephen Tolick isn't out there wearing black and white stripes with a yellow flag at the time. So, <laughs> I mean, I can, I, yeah, I can, yeah. I, I agree with you. Um, I, I do tend to, I, I like to look back at that kind of thing, and I just kind of like to, you know, think what if, what would have happened? How, how, how many things could have been different? But, uh, you know, it was so early in the season and I'm not even, I'm now I'm kind of moving to him as a player. Um, that was actually, kind of, it was, it was silly, but it was heartbreaking, honestly, because of the clip that he was at. I mean, it was, I, I feel like he was going to have a monster season. He was, he was doing, he was improving almost every single season. And then even when he came back, he was still great. Um, or not great. I shouldn't say great, but he he was still a very serviceable linebacker. Yeah, and I I can't speak too much to that because I do I remember Tolik. Yes, I remember how good he was, and I remember the name and the injury. But that was probably that that was close to the start of my in depth watching of the Lions. Um, oddly enough, <laughs> I didn't fall in love with this team until they were zero and sixteen, which is weird to say. That's sad. Um. I, I just wasn't you got watching. Go up but up, or nowhere to go but up. <laughs> exactly. Right? Yeah. I wasn't watching football at that at, <laughs> before that point, but I started watching it that year, and I, just, I guess I just there's something about rooting for an underdog that I love. But 
Yeah, for it's sure. awesome to see them where they are now. Obviously, that's but, that's um, why you always cheer for the Chiefs, right? Because they're the underdogs. I don't ever cheer for the Chiefs. <laughs> There's okay. not a world I cheer for the Chiefs. Um, <laughs> talking about Greenlaw, though, I, I do want to touch on that injury because you said it's unfortunate, but I did I did find myself in that moment kind of chuckling. Not not because the seriousness of the injury. Right. It's before we knew how serious it's because it was. I'm sitting there thinking, oh my God, this is Stephen Tolick all over again. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and like, it's not even like, it wasn't a routine anything. It's not something that every team does. I read this online actually that since D'Amico Ryans was there as a defensive coordinator, they've put this focus on energy and stuff into their defense. And so they run out onto the field for every series. And that's cool. I mean, I, I, I like the energy thing. They sprint out onto the field. And for that to happen is just super unfortunate. But again, just kind of comical. Here we go again. Here we go again. Yeah. And of course, you know, we're not cheering for the Chiefs, right? We're, honestly, let's all be honest with ourselves. Nobody was cheering for anybody in that Super Bowl, unless you were a fan of one of those teams. But um, here we are cheering for, essentially for the the Chiefs to lose. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> cheering for the 49ers. I was cheering for, for the Chiefs to lose. playing the Chiefs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, and, and here it's like, you know, we're a fan of a team and here this freak accident happens again. It's crazy. So, I, yeah, I just, I guess that's kind of all I have on Tulloch. Um, that's just kind of a, a, it was a funny segue into that. Though. Yeah, it was, a, it was definitely a, a, definitely a random moment. Very. In, in Lions history. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of random. Um, going to kind of draw us into our next segment. Hey, I'm the king of segways over here, all right? Yeah, he's riding segway around as we speak. Okay. Um, so that was random <laughs> is, is going to be our next next segment. The segment, we choose something about the NFL and talk about it because this is a podcast where we talk about stuff. Yep. And uh, <laughs> this week we're bringing in our, our resident Kansas City Chiefs expert, my favorite nephew. Um, Your only nephew. <laughs> he definitely ranks up there. I'll say that. <laughs> oh, a, a close second. Yeah, he's a close hey. second. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Colton. So you watched the Super Bowl with us? Yes. You, Half of it. You yeah. saw how much we didn't love it and what happened. Correct? Yes. All right. So. What, what were your, what was your take on it? Tell me, tell me how you felt because I remember how you felt. So I guess kind of tell us, tell us what you were feeling and how you were. Yeah, I was really happy when they scored that final touchdown. Yeah, <laughs> I was really happy, but um, I was really stressful before that touchdown. Yeah, they had that field goal, but I still had some confidence in Kansas City. <laughs> really. really? <laughs> because as I remember it, I looked over there and you were sitting there with your hands buried or your head buried in your hands saying we're gonna lose this game yeah so what, where was the confidence like you became the same old lines past man. 50 yards from that, <laughs> from that ball. you got you got <laughs> real confident. confident when they got down inside the 10 yard uh, line that's what happened. yeah i gotta tell you i tell you i, the, I tell you what though, i think only andy reed was the one confident with three seconds left as it ticked down or whatever that was but yeah. anyway all right so do you do you uh do you remember like get, do you remember it going into overtime? What do you remember about the game? Just tell me tell me you're watching it right and 
you're excited, but you're nervous. You said it was literally the most stressful time of your life. I remember that that sentence happening. Yes, you said it. You said it. Came back there. (laughs) Okay. Tell us, tell us, uh, like what you were thinking when they scored. Like what? I mean, I know you were happy, but that's it. Okay. Oh man, you should get that T-shirt. Ah, that's what it was. That's what it was. What was the the T-shirt? Super Bowl t-shirt with the Las Vegas sign on it. Yeah, yeah. What did you want it to say, though? Something about back-to-back? Yeah, I wanted one of those shows where it says, like, back-to-back, Super Bowl <laughs> champions, 23-24. But let's talk about your favorite part of the Kansas City Chiefs. No. And that's, Usher. And that's, ta- that's Taylor Swift standing <laughs> no, up. No, I'm Taylor no Swiftie at all. <laughs> you are not but a Swiftie. I'm a... Patty. We just lost like You're a patty. followers. Hey, my homie. So Colton Colton is not a Swifty, he's a patty. <laughs> nice. I, I like it. I love the Chiefs way before Taylor Swift got in bulk. Way before like three full games. I love the Chiefs. <laughs> I love the Chiefs right after I loved the Panthers and then I loved the Lions. Oh, dude, oh come do on. not. <laughs> Don't do that. He's coming for the jugular, man. That was years ago though. <laughs> You hear that? That's the horses on the bandwagon coming this way. Oh, man. Hey, oh, hey, cool. hey. You want to go to Kansas City so we can watch the parade now? No, I don't want to go to the state of Kansas for that, Colt. And it ain't state of Kansas, isn't it? <laughs> it's in Missouri. Are you sh- we dude, had this it's in the border of Kansas and Missouri. Oh, okay, we're not. All right, all right, okay. Colton. So let's wrap this. let's wrap this segment up. What? you have anything else you want to say about the Chiefs? Anything? Any parting words? Anything about going into next season or anything like that? What What's your What's your thought for next season? How many games do you think they'll win next season? To be, to be realistic, probably 12-5, 13 Okay. All right, I hope not, but yeah, okay. And oh, thank you. Do you think do you think they get the three peat or no? You think they win three? Third Super Bowl in a row? I mean definitely be a first and hopefully. You yeah. know you know what Chris Jones said at the at the parade yesterday? What? He's coming back. He said he wants to be a chief again. Okay. Anything He was gone for the whole season? No, he's a free agent. He's Something he can go to a different team. Yeah. Well, anything he wants to stay. Mostly because of the Super Bowl. Oh, for sure. Anything's possible when you have Taylor Swift on your side. Most people say Patrick Mahomes, but Taylor Swift really, I mean, she's the one she who was, carries it. Yeah, Travis Kelsey had nothing to do with the last play at all. Yeah, but oh, Taylor Swift did. Taylor Swift did. Yeah. She called down on the mic to Andy Reid. She called yeah. that play. She gave some spirit fingers and all the Swifties floated down and carried the ball to the... Yeah, he's giving me a pretty angry look. <laughs> all right. Colton, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. Go upstairs. We'll have you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. All right. See you. See you. Bye. All right. So that was uh, Colton, our resident Chiefs fan here, uh, kind of telling us what he felt about the Super Bowl. It's his first time on here, so he's a little nervous for sure, but we'll have him on again, and I'm sure he'll have some fun banter going back and forth here. Moving on, uh, now we're going into the main event here, and this is 
kind of the the meat of our show. We're going to talk about the free agents, um, break some down here. We're going to start by talking about the free agents going into this this next season that we're on the team. Um, and then we're also going to both pick a free agent that we think makes most sense for the Lions um, as a pickup this year. Realistic. I mean, obviously, we're not going to go for Kirk Cousins or something crazy like that. But um, so if you, if you want to kind of start, Brendan, with some of the guys that we've got going into next season that were free agents or will be. Yeah, and I hopefully I didn't miss anybody, but I've got a list of who I think is is not going to be on the team, who I think probably stays on the team, and then some guys who get uh, want to stay but end up not being here next okay. year. So we're yeah. going to start with the guys that I think are, are gone. And like we said, we're only doing defense this week. In the next week's episode, we'll we'll do the offense. But sure. yeah. this week, we'll just start with defense. And uh, I've got three guys that I think are for sure gone off of the free agents. Let's season. hear it, baby. Let's hear the Will Harris. Let's go. You're going to be disappointed. I'm going to be so disappointed. So, Romeo Okora is, is the first one gone. And, and Romeo's been a great player, but Romeo, he's just not what the Lions need anymore. He's not worth the money, honestly. We... We're going to continue to build depth at the edge position, and he's just not going to have a spot, unfortunately. Um, yeah, 29 years old, making 12 mil for what he did. I just don't I, I don't, I don't think so. And then the same thing, I'm going to put on Charles Harris. I, yep. I don't think he comes back either. He and, just didn't do enough, I don't think. Yeah, he's just he's, he's a, he, he is a rotational guy, but you can pick up those guys. They're a dime a dozen rotational guys. Mm-hmm. Are. Um, so I think he's gone. Well, and, and honestly, let me just let me just say something real quick. We needed help at defensive end this year. And, well, yeah, that's and, what that's what we're gonna do then. And and we didn't we didn't utilize him. So what does that you know what I mean? So what does that say about our plans with him as a scheme fit and, and what he's doing? Yeah, I, I, just my opinion, I guess. But yeah, and then um, finally on my guys that are gone is Chauncey Gardner Johnson. No, not not a not a guy you're gonna not a guy that anyone really thinks about <laughs> is Khalil Dorsey. Oh, um, see, I had him staying. I, I mean, it's possible that he does stay because he's going to be cheap. He's not going to demand uh-huh. a lot of money, but I just think for what they use him for, it's not worth keeping him. They're going to pick up depth corners at the in the draft in a free agency. He's a hell of a gunner, though, man. I mean, I know you can I know you can find yeah. those everywhere, but he's a hell of a gunner. Yeah, that, but that's that's what you sign some guys in free agency for, so right. they can be the depth keep, pieces and contribute them. on and keep them cheap. Teams. Yep, and you yeah. keep them cheap. I get it. Uh, so I, I don't I don't see him returning. Is it possible he does? Yes. I mean, it's it's a toss up. But mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to talk about your guys that you think are gone now. If you had any overlaps or yeah, so um, I got I've got ones that I'd be okay with going, and I've got ones that I think are for sure gone. So Romeo, I'm with. Um, I'm I'm with the Harris brothers. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm with Charles Harris, but I'm also with Will Harris. Um, you know, I, I think he's horrid. Um, just, just to say, just to put this in there now, I, I have Will Harris on my staying list and it's not because I love Will Harris. In fact, I loathe him, <laughs> but, um, that's why I want to get rid of him. So. Yeah. But he, Dan Campbell and Fred Holmes have shown that they have a loyalty to him and that they love in terms of versatility, being able to play on defense, outside, inside, and also contributing on special teams. I don't, not going to command a lot of money. He's kind of one of those, what they call the old guard guys okay. that they're going to keep around, and they're just going to, just going to contribute. Is he okay with not playing much? 
he he's not he's never been the guy that's gonna be the right now. Yeah, I, yeah, and you don't see him kicking and screaming on the sidelines. I'm not saying that. No, but and it doesn't matter is where he, he is, goes. He's not gonna okay. Be a that was that was what I was gonna ask. Does he go sign somewhere else that's better? That's gonna value him more, I guess, as a starter. No, I see. Him, I see him as like a fourth option okay. going down to Indiana or Minnesota. But, okay. So with that being said, I want to kind of go into one that I wanted. I want to keep, and this is like this is someone I want to. It's not necessarily someone we maybe should or someone that makes sense to necessarily, but I think I really want to resign Jerry Jacobs. And I think it's kind of for the same reason you have for Will Harris. I, I, I feel like we're going to pay him a lot of money. I get that. And he's going to play more than Will Harris would. And obviously, but I feel like the way he treated this organization um, when he was, was put on IR and it's, like you even said at one point, you thought maybe he wasn't a free agent because he's talking like he's still lying. I believe you you said something about that. I, I think it was like Super Bowl week or something. Maybe not. Maybe I I, I don't know. Maybe I dreamed it because I no. He him. was. I was just talking because he was he was active on X. He was posting a lot of like you know go Lions and, and that kind of stuff. And it at first when the news came out that he was put on IR, it kind of seemed like he was waving goodbye to Detroit. In a sense, he posted like a kind of almost a goodbye, a thank you for everything. But that's what I feel. And it felt like he was saying goodbye. That's what I feel, though. I think he's in, too. I think but then he came back and he started rooting, like acting like he was part of the team actively, but doing it through social media. So I don't know how, if that was just a thank you for supporting him this season. Or goodbye for the season. Yeah, or goodbye if for this the season. is it, thank you. But he, he doesn't necessarily gone. No, the only problem I have with him is this year, let me see. This year he made, and I, I believe these are the correct numbers, I think he made about 809000 this year. His market value goes up to 11.4 mil per season for a four-year contract is what they're, what they're guesstimating. Yeah, that's probably about right for somebody you're going to essentially see. It's probably going to work out as a, no, he'll be, he, he would be a cornerback too in a rotational role with Cam Sutton probably, and then Whoever, it depends on what you do. If you, you draft a guy or you pick somebody up in free agency. Or, that guy's or is Mosley back? Well, he could be back too, but he's still going to have to rehab. And, for sure, for sure. And yep. He's going to be the same route we'll that he was on same, this year. Yeah, probably the same same game, same week, everything. So that poor guy's living Groundhog's Day right now, it seems like. But um, what's your thoughts on Chauncey, on Gardner Johnson? Well, I have my stay list, and, and Emmanuel Mosley and Gardner Johnson are both on list and surprisingly to me when I put them on the list but the more I think about it the more it makes sense and Gardner Johnson continues to show on Instagram and that that he's he likes Detroit he likes being in Detroit he wants to be here but the thing that holds me up is the price tag because while he is a good player and a good piece he does not strike me as the hometown discount no, he's so gonna get his. He's gonna want that bag, and rightfully so. I mean, he should. He should get. He's one. a stud. Yeah, he's a um, stud. But I see him coming back if if they can justify whatever they have to pay him to do it. I don't think it'll be a long term deal. I think maybe one or two years. Um, then Emmanuel Mosley, same thing. He'll be on a short term deal to come back. Do you think he comes back though? Are you saying you think he comes back? Oh again? yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. On a one year. Something something cheap. It won't be anything yep. big. Okay. But um, then I have Will Harris, like I said. But the last two guys I have on my list of staying are uh, Germ, 
Jalen mm-hmm. Reeves Maven, I, I think for sure a great veteran presence in that locker room. Well, and he's and a, pro, a, a pro bowl, all pro, pro bowl special teamer. Right. Um, you can't. I mean, you can't. You don't let you don't you let can't. a guy like that go again because they've you already can't. let him go once. You can't. Um, he's gonna stay. But then I I have James Houston on here. That doesn't. Really, I mean, James Houston isn't really an unrestricted free agent. He's a Exclusive rights. Exclusive rights for yep. agent, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So, so. So is Dorsey, by the way. They have certain, they have certain, um, circumstances around him that's going to make it easier for him to stay. He's not going to have as much people pursuing him in free agency just because they they can't really do that without his permission. Um, you know. It, do you do you think do you think James Houston? Do you think he's overlooked because of his injury this year? Like, do you think I, – I, I, never, ever, ever do I think that it's a good thing that, that somebody gets hurt, obviously. I would, I would never say that. That's not what I'm saying. But do you think it helped our stock in keeping him and maybe he didn't get the looks that he would have gotten to go somewhere else? I think James Houston is a freak athlete and anybody who sees they him see is it. Gonna <laughs> right. There, it's, okay. not, it's not even that it hurt anything in terms of his stock. It's just going to show teams that – we could probably get him for cheaper than man. I'm stinking glad he's got exclusive rights because I want him back. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think he'll go anywhere anyway, just because he's developing into things that will mm-hmm. probably at least play out what for sure. Normal rookie contract would be. Okay. Um, two more we haven't touched on. I have, I have three guys that I haven't touched on. You touched on Jared Jacobs, but okay. I, I didn't. Um, these are the guys that I think leave but want to stay. Benito Jones, uh, Kendall Vildor, and Jared Jacobs. I don't think – I think Jared Jacobs loves it here, but I just don't think for the for the price tag, his production is going to warrant that kind of price tag. And Kendall Vildor is, is going to – he played well. I could see them bringing him back, but I don't think he does. Same with Benito Jones. I think they gave Broderick Martin a year to kind of get accustomed to NFL speed and get – have you seen him? Uh, no, I know you've talked about he. He looks a little bit different. He's he's reshaped. I, he's he's he's. It's possible that what I said when they drafted him is way wrong. Well, he he could be. He could do what Aleem McNeil did because Aleem wasn't really a game wrecker to start his career. He True. was seen as being a little bit too too wide bodied, I guess you could say. But he cut down and got real lean and muscular mm-hmm. this past off season and has shown. Roderick Martin could very well be that kind of next player. And here's the, here's the crazy thing, and I know you know this, but I, I feel like I need to point this out. Guess who Broderick Martin Broderick Martin is is modeling his offseason after? Mm-hmm. Aline McNeil's last season. So he's he I mean if that's a good guy to in, have in the yeah, building. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I, I think I think I might have to eat my words on that draft pick. I'm I I'm still gonna I still don't think it was a wise decision to take him in the third round and Brad Holmes, if you if you ever listen to this, I, I'll eat my words if it, if I'm wrong. But you just want to be called out in a press conference. Get out of here. Yeah, I would love that. But um, <laughs> no, I'll eat my words if I'm wrong. But he, in third round, I don't think it made sense to take a contact player. I don't think. I think that's I think something we you reserve for the fourth to fifth round. Yeah, I don't think we were there. I don't think. I think with what we had, I think we didn't. We didn't need to do that. Yeah. But maybe I don't know. No. Again, but here we are arguing with. Possibly a pick that Brad Holmes made that is gonna. Who knows? Who knows, man? I don't know. That's what I love about Brad Holmes is you. 
you have no idea until it happens, and then your your jaws hit the floor. So, <laughs> well, so I, I think unless you have anything else you want to touch on, I'll let you guys. I just I just want to kind of ask you why not Benito? I feel well, like I feel like he was he was pretty productive when he was in there. No, Benito's Benito's a good player. I'm not doubting that, but it's a business at the end of the day. For sure, you're gonna have the opportunity. I think the defensive line and the defensive uh, backfield are going to be the two areas of focus in the offseason. Definitely. And that's going to come with it, them bringing in other guys that are going to push uh, Benito out of the rotation. And I just hope it doesn't disappoint them. I think you're going to get younger guys in the draft uh, somewhere along the line to pick up and improve the defensive line for sure. You mm-hmm. got Broderick, Jermaine Jolene, I'm sure now you got Levi. Guys, yeah, you got guys who play kind of uh, hybrid roles that play inside. Uh, Uncle Kamish, um, Kaminsky, he plays in there quite a bit. And then you have... Uh, He's not a game wrecker. He's a game changer, though, I will say. And then you got Levi. Levi and Zarike, who's going to be in there as well. And, My dude. Uh, you know, I, I just <laughs> don't think... I, just, I don't think there's going to be room for, for Benito to be on this team. I just want to kind of, like, take a break real quick because I want to throw this out there. Um, there will be a lot of times during the length of this podcast from week to week where I've given some super cold takes and latched on to some guys that maybe nobody else has. And Brendan always calls me out on it. So when I say Levi's my guy, uh, I also really like Bugs this year too, who is now a Super Bowl champion, by the way. But Yeah, well, Bugs can be a Super Bowl champion because he spent most of the Super Bowl sitting on the sideline without <laughs> any pads on. So. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Uh, like I said, super cold takes. So, again, maybe I'm going to end up in a presser someday. We'll see. Um, moving moving in to, away from who's already on the team, we're going to talk about one one dream free agent you have. If we could sign one guy in free agency this season, who are you picking and, and why? You want me to start? Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm, I'm going to go. So, you kind of you kind of touched on needing – you know, defensive line and, and defensive secondary. And I think that secondary needs to be, like, literally cornerback. Um, I had Josh Allen on here, um, and I was kind of thinking he'd be the guy. But I really think Brian Burns. I, I, if I had to choose one, I think Brian Burns is my guy. Um, I think he's the one you go out. Again, I, I got some numbers here. He's he's market value of five years, two hundred or uh, 23.9 mil. Okay, but what 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 – separates Burns from guys like Allen and, and Daniil Hunter. What? Why do you pick him over those guys? That's a really good question. Um, I just, I don't know. I guess I just like Burns' style of play better. Allen and Burns are really close, and you can literally see them. Obviously, the people listening can't, but I literally have them on a piece of paper next to each other. I literally came into this podcast when we started. Uh I literally came in here not sure who I was going to say. I, re- I really didn't. I had two guys. Those are the two guys. If I had, if you tell me to pick one, I'm sorry. I just read the wrong thing, by the way. It's 21.7 mil for Burns. That's kind of what got it, actually. He's cheaper. They're, in my opinion, they're about the same player. I think you look at market value, though. That's not what they're going to demand. I think they're going to demand about the same price tag. I think it's going to be extremely close. They're both extremely young. I mean, players. these numbers are extremely close. They're both young and they're both proven. Yeah, so they're yeah, gonna, yeah. They're going to get a lot of money. These numbers are extremely close. I I don't know. I, I guess I've, maybe I've seen 
maybe I've seen Burns play more and I've seen him, obviously we, we watched him this year play against the lions and um, not that he had a massive game or anything, but I just, I, maybe it's just, you know, literally being uh, more familiar. It's familiarity for me, maybe, I guess they're, they're the same player to me, but. Well, I'm going to take you and I'm going to take that. I'm going to flip because I also went with an edge rusher. Because if you look at uh, necessities we have, like I said before, it's edge and it's it's outside corner. That's mm-hmm. that's what we need the most. And the draft, you they are not very deep at edge rusher this year. You're not going to find a lot of blue chip guys at edge rush. Mm-hmm. So I think you have to address that in free agency. And the one guy that I want is Josh Allen. Um, and just just coming back from, or just uh, pointing this out there, we are saying this saying these guys don't receive the brain hemorrhage because there's a high likelihood that these guys could oh, there, receive the brain hemorrhage. There's, and, and not only that, but there's literally people that I didn't pick um, that I know are going to receive that franchise tag. For example, I'll tell you right now, if we were taking that completely out, Jalen Johnson's my guy, 100%. I have no that That's my guy. But I, I know he's getting franchise tagged. I know Snead is getting franchise tagged. I don't, I don't want – I'm going to be honest with you. I, if all of these guys aren't franchise any of the guys, and we have a shot at any of them, You're I'm taking, taking an edge rusher yeah. because you can get a corner in the draft. And the, the dra- maybe he's not going to be that yeah. all-pro level like Snead is right away. The but, draft is deep in corners here, though. Yeah, but, yeah, so, exactly. So, you don't, to me, it doesn't make sense to go spend money on a corner when you don't have as deep of an option to get that, uh, to get the well, and there's, I mean, I get that. There's definitely a chance that Jalen Johnson was a flash in the pan this year, too. I mean, honestly, he he's not. Well, Jalen Johnson, no, I, I, I'll stop you there, because I think Jalen Johnson's been pretty consistent throughout his He hasn't his been career. amazing like he was this year, though. No, last year he was, he was good. Yes. But yeah. this, this probably was a career year for him. But um, anyway, going back to Josh Allen, that that's my pick. I think I have, I battled between Josh Allen and, and Brian Burns, because I think Brian Burns, thing with him is he's probably going to be more of a complete uh a complete all-around player in terms of being able to set the edge and stop the run as well as rush the passer Mm -hmm. um i think josh allen has that capability too and i think he does that but i think he's going to be more of a pure pass rushing guy he's just going to get to the quarterback that's what he's going to do how i i guess i'm not real familiar with them dropping back in coverage because i've seen like aiden do it and, and stuff how are these guys at that view? I, I I have. I'm not too familiar, but I would guess that they don't do it too often. I, I think Burns maybe more than Josh Allen, but it's... You don't want them to. I mean, obviously. They're a linebacker by trade, and we've talked about this. Just because you're an outside linebacker doesn't mean you're going to be playing in coverage. Right. You're an edge rusher. That's a new... They've started calling that just edge right. that isn't... You almost need now. to get rid of some of the linebacker monikers, I guess. Yeah, um, well, that's why they have, like, inside linebacker. Outside, the yeah. Mike, the Will, okay, Sam yeah. linebacker, that kind of stuff. But um, you, I like I like Josh Allen and Brian Burns, and if we can't get either of them, my consolation prize is Jimmy Ward, which isn't that Man. bad of a consolation prize if you look at it. He's just a little bit older than the other two guys, and I I don't know if I can justify paying him the price tag uh, that he's going to demand at that age. I think he's twenty twenty eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Twenty nine. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, 
on Josh Allen, I just like I look at what he did this season and it's incredible. I can't even imagine what that would look like lined up with a Josh Allen. <laughs> scary man, almost posted, as scary as Crosby. He posted oh. career highs in tackles. He had sixty-one this season. Yep. Quarterback pressures ninety-four. On those ninety-four pressures, his pressure percentage was a twenty-point-one percent pressure percentage, and then he had seventeen and a half sacks. That's a, that's insane. It, I that's insane. And he doesn't have the help on that Jacksonville line. Either. Yeah, that's true. Trayvon that's a good Walker point. is still developing, and he has shown flashes this year of being what he was thought he'd be with that number one pick. But he's nowhere near. I don't. I don't think he's near what Aiden Hutchinson is for the Lions. Um, so if you pair those two together, there's no doubt you're going to end up with two guys with double digit sacks. It's going to be you can't, you can't double team them both. Exactly. And the thing that we have to struggle with is what? Mobile quarterbacks. And, and what kills mobile quarterbacks? Getting to Not being able to get to the edge. Hitting them quickly before they have time for the line to out of the pocket. Yep. Yep. So um, I think, I think, so much with that. I think adding him makes it, uh, makes this an entirely I think that's why I have both of these guys. I really think either one of them is a, is a complete W on the Lions part. I, I really do. I really think that you can't go wrong with either of them. You can't go wrong with Daniel Hunter either, honestly. But I just, I don't, I don't want to put as much money into him as I would for Brian Burns or Josh Allen. I just don't. With yeah. the age, with, I just don't. So, so now if we're, if we're looking um, at kind of some dream scenarios, we talked about the, the, the uh, free agents that we regardless of whether they receive the tag or not. What about, what if we talk about our picks here? I know you have some scenarios of what you're thinking. Should they trade that first round pick? Should they not? Why don't you go ahead and, and talk about that? All right. Um, yeah. So I would say let's, let's throw some scenarios for the first round out. Like you said, if, if the lions trade out of the first round, um, I'm changing my free agency signing. Um, my dream free agency signing, and I'm going with Kendall Fuller. Uh, because I think if we keep the first round, I I think we we grab a cornerback. Um, but if we do trade out, I think we're not going to get one of those cornerbacks that I want, I guess. Um, and I think we take Devondre Sweat if he's there. I I like Devondre Sweat. I like him as a second-round guy. Um, in terms of if if you were I, I think Kendall Fuller is an all right guy and, and by all means he could be a number two corner. Mm-hmm. But if I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna keep my first round pick and I'm going to get a corner. Okay. And I'm going to go Who's out that gonna be? a corner on the first round. Yep. I'm going to do whatever not whatever it takes, but I'm gonna explore moving up if I have to. I'm gonna get one of the three guys, uh it's either gonna be Kool-Aid McKinstry mm-hmm. out of Bama. It's going to be Andrew Wiggins out of Clemson. Mm-hmm. Or it's going to be um, Quinion Mitchell out of Toledo. Oh, man, I thought you were saying the jeans. And and, I thought we were going to have to. No, it's, it's got to be one of those guys. And I, my favorite is Mitchell. I, I thought we were going to be the Rams for a second. <laughs> it might be. Well, stay tuned. Um, <laughs> okay, here we go. Recency, recency bias is huge. But watching tape on Mitchell in the, in the Senior Bowl and, mm-hmm. and 
him shutting down was huge. Was in it. We talked about Michigan men. Roman Wilson was having amazing practices at senior at the Senior Bowl, making guys look absolutely silly in coverage. The one guy that shut him down was Quentin Mitchell out of Purdue. Mm-hmm. I would love to have him in the Lions. However, I think he's grown stock in the rocketing. I think it's more likely we see one of those other two guys actually fall. Okay, and then maybe we have to move up like three or four spots. But see, I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking a little different because I like when it comes to cornerbacks, I like the guys that can still run with speed, like a four three five, and someone who or four maybe four four five, and someone who's got that big body six two. I'm going TJ Tampa. I do like TJ Tampa as well, but the thing I the thing I struggle with is, and and you know whatever, come after me, but it's it's. It's draft um, value. Mm-hmm. I don't think TJ Tampa is going to demand a first round pick. I think you're reaching. I think okay. if you can get TJ Tampa in the second round, I think maybe you could even get TJ Tampa at the beginning of the third. Round. You think he falls that far? I think he could. Okay. I think I think he's an under the radar guy. Who I, I he's he's a. Do you, do you think we get good two guy. corners at that point? Is yeah, that what I, I don't think I don't think that's out of the question. Okay. But going back to what I was saying about the Rams. Uh, interestingly enough, I have them. My my dream free agency scenario is get Josh Allen, mm-hmm. um, and then in the draft grab one of the top corners if you can, okay. and then get a guy under the radar that's going to produce um, in a rotational role at cornerback. And I think that guy is going to be a Kello Witherspoon, who wow. plays for the Rams right now. He's not okay. a big name, major under the radar, I think here. Yeah, but he's he's he had an, in a a sensational game as a, or a year as a starter for the Rams. He's not going to demand number one corner money because he's not Quiet a number year. one corner. Um, and honestly, those are the kind of guys it seems like Holmes is going out and getting. Those guys you don't necessarily, they're not flying, you know, on everybody's yeah. radar. I think he finished the year with something like uh, three interceptions and 14 passes defended. Okay. So he was, he's, he's a good, good contested ball guy. And he just knocks passes away. So, I think that would be ideal with a rotation with you get, you know, my dream, you get Mitchell as your number one guy, slot him in there as a rookie. Maybe he starts at two and transitions, but mm-hmm. you get him, you have a tra- and then you have kind of a, um, a rotation with Sutton, Mosley, and uh, shoot, Eventually. Witherspoon. Yeah, Eventually. I think you kind of throw them in there wherever you need. Um, and, and, and maybe one of those guys is, there but whatever um yeah but i i, I like i like tj tampa as well i think if he's we just were a to, big dude if we were to get another corner in the draft that's who i want yeah but um no i, th- I think we have to address corner first in the draft and then you go defensive line and pro- possibly interior o-line but we'll save that for we're, next week i was just gonna say we're i just want to touch real real quick on that because we're gonna we're gonna do a whole draft thing um you know, eventually here, but are you, if, if obviously we're saying we trust Brad Holmes, we're doing that all the way through here, but if they draft all defense, are you angry? No, no, I'm not angry. I think it'd be unwise to draft all defense, mm-hmm. but am I angry? No, because that's where our biggest need is. Correct. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking too. I'm not necessarily saying I want to see it happen, but if it does, I think, I think we're doing it for a reason. Um, I just, I just kind of want to. I'm just saying that because, again, a lot of times the sexy picks are the offensive players. I'm, I'm not saying necessarily always, but to a lot of people, they like that. No, the only time you're going to get a sexy defensive pick is if it's an edge rusher. Right. That's about the only 
And again, I'd rather get somebody tested, tried and true at yeah. that position. No one's going wild over corners and right. um, linebackers. That's what I'm saying. That's why we go back to that, you know, don't get spooked. Just stay the course. That's what they're doing. Just trust it. So I think we're good there. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's my Awesome. So it sounds good. So I think we're in agreement that Brian Burns is the guy then, right? Yeah, screw you. <laughs> All right. And next segment here, we have our fan perspective, and we have the pleasure of introducing uh, somebody that's going to be on our show probably multiple times here, and he goes by the legend. Uh, legend, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? Doing good. So, uh, we're going to ask you a couple questions about the this first the watch party is what I want to know about because um, we were there with you obviously but I want to kind of get your feeling on um, what that was like and then what the game in general kind of felt like uh, I know we're kind of past that a little ways but it still kind of looms heavy on a lot of us here so <laughs> uh, yep. what do you think uh, a very exciting first half uh, I think all the fans were very upbeat in the first half and then. Uh, I don't know. We just kind of, uh, I think we got a little too conservative and, uh, it just, it just got ugly after that. Um, but I do say that, um, other than a couple of plays, uh, that turned that second half around, I think we, I think overall still, we were, we were still the better team. I, I agree with that. Um, and so one of the, one of the things I know that, um, heading out of the stadium, there was, a little bit of some banter going back and forth between the three of us here. Um, what did you think about the Dan Campbell calls? And I know we've harped, I mean, everybody's harped on that for the last three weeks or whatever, but what, I mean, the calls for the fourth down, the call to run it at the end um, and use a timeout. What, what, what do you think? Well, I go back to the same thing I've, I've said all along that you can't, you can't ask a coach to change his way. That's the way he has been through the whole season and since he's got there. And to be honest with you, that's what got us where we're at. So um, I can't ask, I wouldn't ask him to change, you know, being a former coach and I know it's only in middle school uh, JV, but you can't, uh, you know, a a coach does what he does and you can't, you can't change that. Um, I think there were multiple plays um, that would have, that would have turned that game around. Um, when we went for it on fourth down, both of them had catches in Reynolds' hands that he should have caught. Yep. And I think those people that criticize um, should look at the fact that if Reynolds would have caught those, everybody would have been calling Campbell a genius because they probably would have scored. Yeah, and, and so, honestly, like kind of just to say the same thing about Reynolds, um, we're not in that game if it's not for Reynolds. I don't know if anybody remembers, um, you know, against the Rams what he did. Uh, we're, we're not in that game without him. So yeah. the, the plays he made, I just, right. I, you know. You, you could say that. Um, could have another person made those same plays? They could have, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but but the, the mistakes that he made, uh, those two mistakes cost us that game. Um, a fluke pass that got caught. Um, and, a, and a fumble by Gibbs, those four plays to me is what caused this game, not Campbell's decisions. Yeah, to me, it's got to be, we we need to shore up the secondary to me because oh, no, yeah. nothing against Kendall Vildor. Because again, I keep coming back to this. I couldn't do that on the field. I know this. But we essentially had somebody we pulled up from practice squad 
and he has he he's played an NFL game, so he's not just like a lifelong practice squad guy, but he's guarding a, a wide receiver one out there in an NFC championship game. I mean, what do you expect out of the guy? So I just, you know, we have to shore that up this year. We have to. Oh, I agree. But so. in all honesty, I may have rather had him in there than Sutton. <laughs> We're going to go there. <laughs> I got somebody shaking Uh-oh. their head right here. Oh, man, it's yeah. a good thing we're not on video. Yeah, I'm not going to go down that path yet. I will eventually, but not right now. So okay. <laughs> uh, so I wonder if you uh, don't mind reflecting on next year. What I mean, what do you think? So everybody's kind of, you know, excited slash nervous. You got the obvious, you know, same old Lions fans um, who think this was a flash in the pan. We're going to go back to you know, how, how it was before, I guess. Um, and then you've got a lot of, you've got a lot of people who are, are very excited about next year. I, I guess, where do you kind of fall in that? Well, I think, first of all, I think, uh, you know, Campbell made a statement right after the game where the emotions got the best of him. Yep. And he talked about it's hard to get back there. But I also think at that time, he had the feeling that he was going to lose both his offensive and defensive coordinators. Yep, that probably um, played some of it, yep. So when I think you saw his his uh, feelings changed and those changed mainly because he got both of them back. Yeah. Um, and really who else are they losing? You know, I don't, I don't know the free agency or the uh, contracts and that like you guys, but um, if I remember correctly, the core group is coming back. Yeah. For the most part, whoever you're losing are going to be easily to replace with better players. Well, and then even the guys that were questionable, I mean, Frank Ragnow, you know, he says he's coming back and, and so that's good. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, he he was off the cuff um, right at the beginning, and he was he was talking on emotions. And I think, you know, Brendan and, and you can both say that I was speaking on a lot of emotions after that game as well. So, um, yeah. you know, let's forgive and forget him as well as me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, um, I guess my... I think we're probably, I, to me, I, um, I'm not um, being probably a Lions fan longer than what you guys have been. Right, um, for sure. <laughs> I am. I have never seen a team um, play with the team atmosphere that they play with, and uh, uh, do not have the old Lions and a lot of the situations this year that happened would have given up. And I don't see that in this team. So that's that's coaching. I don't that's, think you can say next year. Yeah, I don't think you can say next year. Um, it doesn't scare me that they're the old lions because they haven't been the old lions all year long. Yeah, I don't um, think so, so either. And and honestly, I think first of all, Campbell came back, and I'm sure you've seen this, but Campbell came back and said we're winning the Super Bowl next year. So uh, yeah, he, he, um, he made up for it. I think I'm that's not saying a logical. Happens, but yeah, I think that's a logical place to be. And to be honest with you, I know we've got uh, a family member that's a KC fan. Um, we just talked to one. Did you? <laughs> yeah. I, if I put the Lions in the Super Bowl this year against the Kansas City Chiefs, I think we beat the heck out of them. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I mean, really do. I, you never know. I mean, like you kind of said with the Reynolds thing, a lot of things could change. They game plan yep. different, and and you just never know. But I would love to see it happen. I would love to see. I'd love the chance. I guess so. No, yeah, that's what I mean. I think if we if we would have been there instead of San Francisco this year, I think we would have beat them. We're, we're the really better do. team. Just, yeah. In yeah, my opinion, yeah. we're the better team as far as, yeah. as far as talent. Now they've got the thing they had on us or they would have had on us is obviously experience. Um, but you know, you, you never know. Um, yeah. You go punch them in the mouth and bite a couple kneecaps off and you never know what's going to happen. So. Right. 
All right. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all we had for you. So I just wanted okay. to get you on here, introduce you. And like I said, we're going to call you back and have you in a couple more times for sure. So okay, we Sounds appreciate good. your time. Yep. All right, we'll talk thanks. to you later. See ya. Yep. All right. And with that, I think it's time for our parting shot. Um, so our parting shot today is going to be just because of our recency here would be the Super Bowl. Uh, what are your overall thoughts on I think we've already talked about this plenty, but what are your overall, overall thoughts on Kansas City winning the Super Bowl? It didn't surprise me in the least. Um, I kind of had a feeling that they would find a way to to uh, come out on top of that one. But it's just one thing I want to say is how incredibly irresponsible on the part of Kyle Shanahan for not having his players ready for that game. You see, I just watched some mic'd up moments from that game. The players had no, no idea that they the rules were so changed lost. for playoffs to where each team got a possession in guess overtime. What, guess what? And that coin toss may very well have cost them that game. Oh, for sure did, because they would have taken the ball. Uh, yeah, yeah, or they would have given the ball. But anyway, you know who had their team ready? The amazing coach, Andy Reid. Oh, yeah, I know. You saw Patrick Mahomes after Fred Warner. They showed Kyle Shanahan call into Fred and say, Fred, we want the ball. We Big old smile ball. on his face. And Patrick Mahomes... After he, after Warner said, we'll take the ball, Patrick ran to the sideline and said, they took it. And he's like running shot. up and down, like saying they took shot. the ball. They took the ball. Yeah. And he's like, and yeah, then Travis shot. Kelsey comes back and says, we, that's what we wanted them to do. Yep. We just won. We wanted to not have that ball first. And so. I mean, you still got to go get a stop. Yeah. Uh, so, I, I mean, do I want to talk about Kansas City a lot? No, because I don't love talking about Kansas City. Everybody talks about Kansas City. Whatever. <laughs> but. Okay. They, des- they deserve to win that Super Bowl. Andy Reid is, in my mind, unquestionably one of, if not the greatest coach of all time. And and I think regardless of what Belichick has done in his career, I think Andy Reid is right up there. Yeah, but look, look what Andy Reid's done with with players. I mean, you know, players from the start, and look what Belichick just did. I'm not saying he had the same players from in Philadelphia. He didn't have the same players here, but I'm just saying. One has done it multiple times with multiple places, and it's. I also love looking at. I know sometimes people put too much stock into it, but I love looking at coaching trees. And Andy Reid has got one of the most incredible. There's a coaching whole trees lot of branches on that that thing. I have ever seen. I think the only one that rivals him in terms of success in the NFL is is uh, Mike Shanahan. And you know, have they had Super Bowl success? No, not not necessarily. But the, the young guys are taking. The NFL, mm-hmm. and a lot of them were on his staff in Washington. You had, you know, McVay was there. You had McDaniel from Miami was there. You have, obviously, his son Kyle was there. You have, um, shoot, who's the other one that, that everybody can think of? There was one more guy that I can't remember his name. But re- regardless, it's it's these young guys that are taking over the NFL, and they were all on his staff. And- let me let me ask you a question before before we go. And I know this is kind of like Kansas City. You know, this is Kansas City's time. It's the Super Bowl, but we're all sick of talking about that anyway. So, real quick, I want I, something that came up today. Kyle Shanahan fired his defensive coordinator today. Yeah, I don't love the move. Is, is he fronting? Like, is that a front? To me, to me, that's that was the offense's fault. To me, that's insecurity. That's him trying to a hundred percent push you. the blame on Thank someone you. else. To Thank, save you. His own hide. Thank you. Thank you. Steve Wilkes. What is the dude thinking? I don't, I don't know. He was, I don't know. He, he, 
that defense was the only thing working for them in that second half. I was shocked when I saw that, man. Yeah. One year. Look what he did in one year. No. They were in the Super Bowl. I think I think that's just I think that's just Silly. him. And you want to know the worst part? You want to know the worst part? They went to the Super Bowl, and all these teams now have their defensive coordinators and coaches, or a lot of them do. I don't think it's going to affect him that much. The, like I said, the great thing about being having a good coaching tree is he's always going to have guys. He'll go somewhere. Yeah, he'll go somewhere. Yeah, I got it. Um, so I guess at the end of this parting shot here, uh, the would have, could have, uh, could we have beat either of those teams in the Super Bowl? Well, I'd revisit the first game of the season, and a lot of Lions fans are going to say, well, we beat them in the first game of the season. What are we doing? Not here? the same team. Not the same team. They didn't have Travis Kelsey. They didn't have Chris Jones. And, and would those two guys have given them some juice? Absolutely. I still think the Lions would have came out on top because regardless if Kelsey played or not, he had in, he was injured. Um, you can't just wipe that away. He mm-hmm. was close to playing, but he would have been hobbled. And he really didn't, To my, in my opinion, he wasn't the same player he's been in recent years. And the drops really plagued him this year. I think Chris Jones would have been the bigger benefactor. Well, he, he had something had. else on his mind all season, but yeah, we won't go there. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can say what you want. I'm a fan. I love Taylor Swift. So I don't, <laughs> hey, I don't I'm know. not saying. Maybe it's Kelsey. I don't know. Um, but anyway, I, I just like you. You look at uh, what they what they did. The Chiefs were beating people with a scrap heap at wide receiver. The only guy that, Tony. Yeah, the only guy that came out of that that wide receiver room looking really good was. Rookie Rice. Right. Yep. And um, I don't know. Could they have, could, would that have changed the outcome of that first game? Probably not. I think the Lions still win. But talking about the Super Bowl, had the Lions advanced, um, we looked like we were dismantling San Francisco mm-hmm. in that first half. And the reason we lost that game is because we took our foot off the gas. We took our foot off the gas and we made stupid mistakes that hurt us. And you, I mean, Josh Reynolds is a great player, but he catches one of those two drops that he has. That game's over. We're in the Super Bowl. We're in the Super Bowl. Most likely. Most likely. And talking about could we beat Kansas City in the Super Bowl? Um, I don't think we win. I don't think so either. I, but, I think. Okay, hold on. I'll let you go. But <laughs> I think if I think if you go ten times Lions versus Kansas City this year in the Super Bowl, I think. We get three. I look. You look at. You look at. Um, to me, what hurt the Niners the most is their inability to capitalize on Kansas City's mistakes. Mahomes threw them a, a pick that ended up being ran back into Kansas City territory, and that that drive ended in a punt. How does that happen? That absolutely cannot happen, and I don't think the Lions left. Do they win ultimately? No, because I think I think Spagnola is one or Spagnolo is one of the one of the most underrated defensive coordinators in the league and his ability to utilize the blitz is incredible. Guess who just got extended? Yeah, and, and Jared Goff, um, for all the great quarterbacks that Jared Goff has been to the Lions, the one area he struggles in the most is when he's when he's pressured on he just tucks that ball and he stands there, it seems like, sometimes. Exactly. So I think that would have been a huge mismatch. And I think the Chiefs would have sent Trent Travis all day. And it would have been mm-hmm. kind of Jared Goff stand up and make a play. And I just, against a defense like that, I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I'm afraid we see Hendon Hooker in that game. Oh, that's all I'm saying on that. Is that yeah, I'm just saying. But 
I love Jared Goff, though. I want to go on record saying that. I did not, at the beginning, when we first grabbed him, I did not. I'm going to throw that out there. But right now, I am in Jared Goff's corner 100%. I wasn't in Jared Goff's corner to start the season. I, I was still <laughs> saying, I can't, I can't wait till Jared Goff is, you know, Jared Goff's a great, great quarterback at managing games is what I was saying. Mm-hmm. I, I was like, he's a good bridge quarterback, but eventually you're going to have to just move on from him. I don't think that's the case anymore. I think he's franchise now. Yeah. But yeah. Um, in terms of talking about the Lions, I know Dan Campbell has had <laughs> differing views of, of the end of that game right afterwards. He talked about we might not get back here next year. And then he's talking to Aiden Hutchinson in his end of the year uh, exit interview and saying we're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So. Obviously, you know, whatever, but we talk about the chances of the Lions getting back to that game. I'm gonna I'm gonna put them at about a twenty percent chance of getting back there. And you're gonna say championship? Yeah. Okay. And you're gonna say, I I don't know, maybe you'll say twenty percent, that doesn't seem like a lot. Twenty percent is a pretty dang good chance for the NFL. I think you're looking at most teams that were playoff teams this year getting to that point are probably more in like the ten to fifteen percent range. Mm -hmm. Um with sixteen teams, I'll take twenty percent. Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a. I think it's a great chance that they make it back. The NFC is the weaker conference. Or of I the guess two. eight teams essentially, because yeah. two are going. The NFL or the NFC is the weaker conference of the two. I don't think the Lions are going to have that tough of a uh, tough of a road to get there. I do. I knew. I know their schedule will be harder this season because it's a division leader schedule. Yeah. But I. I don't. I don't have. Uh, we'll see what the Packers do. Faith. See what the Bears do. The Packers do. Why do I just read. I just read. Cheeks, but whatever. I just read on X today. One of the Lions beat reporters saying, "Prepare to see the Packers get the kind of offensive fight that the Bears got last year." That's and perfect. How did that work out for the Bears? That's perfect. I love it. Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Um, I think we're good there. You good? Yeah. I, any other rants or raves or any craziness? No, that's all I've got to say. Okay. Go Lions, I guess. Go Lions for sure. And that's a wrap on our first episode of Lions Basement Banter Podcast. We hope you enjoyed diving into all the exciting topics we discussed today. We hope you enjoyed our guests and the banter that we had back and forth. Hopefully you follow us on X. You can find us there by searching Lions Basement Banter. You can also find us on Facebook in the same way. Our X handle is DET underscore BB30 if you are looking to find us that way. Also be on the lookout for both of those platforms to have an announcement. We will be uh, beginning video soon. Um, We'll be posting that on YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Trust us, you do not want to miss an episode. We love hearing ideas for our segments. We are also looking to fill our fan perspective segment and need you as a fan to apply. Reach out. Let us know which Lions legend you want to see highlighted next. If we choose your guy, we will definitely credit you in our podcast as well as on our social media. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We truly appreciate your support and can't wait to bring you more exciting banter in the future episodes. Until next time, stay curious, stay connected, and go Lions, baby.